Yeah, Jesus, just bring peace to every, every soul, every person in here. I just ask that the Prince of Peace would come and touch our hearts. Thank you for your visitation, Lord. Thank you for visiting us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, You know, he has to, he, when he comes, he wants everything. And the beautiful thing about Jesus that makes him different than anyone, anything, is that he didn't have to come. And he does ask a lot from us. He asks us to die. You know, like he asks, he says, he asks for it all. He asks a lot of those who follow him. But the thing with Jesus is as we enter into his death and we give our, ourselves completely to him, that he then makes us home. And he made us sons and he made us daughters. We're not orphans. There's nothing about us that are orphans we completely and utterly belong to him. And the truth is, is a lot of times, I feel that if we could, if we could just grasp that, surrender would be so easy. But he wants it all. Like he doesn't want, he doesn't want little bits. He wants us completely. He doesn't just want your Sundays. He doesn't just want your revival group time. Like he wants everything. And, and, and that's a lot. <laughs> And then we get the kingdom of God. It's like, that's so, like what we have to give up compared to what we are getting is like nada. And but we really struggle. And, and I think you like I, what I'm trying to do in my life these days is, is yield to the presence of God. Yeah. 
For some reason, we have this theology that, that it's impossible to be consumed completely with God every waking moment of our day. Why? How many of us think about three things at one time? It's called ADD. If I can think of three things at one time, I can, I can think about God all the time. And that's what he wants. He wants us to be like Jesus, who does nothing but what he sees his father doing. Jesus gave the perfect example for how we are supposed to live our lives. The perfect example. Every waking moment, he chose love. Every waking moment, he chose to go low. He gave his complete and utter reputation away, out the door. Said, I don't care about being relevant. I don't care about power. I don't care about control. I don't, I, I have come to serve. And I had a whole message on service. And obviously I'm not going to preach it now. <laughs> but like, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Last week, we started a conversation. I promise I actually preached last week. You should listen to it if you weren't here. But we are in a season, this is what the Lord wants me to say. We are in a season as a church where I, I, I truly believe it's such a prophetic moment. Like I really do, Jordan shared it, that, that this is a season where we get to adamantly oppose consumer Christianity. Like we get to adamantly oppose it. And, and we started talking about how there's gonna be different things happening on stage, clearly. <laughs> And no, 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 no. It's God. I, one time I came up here, you want the honest truth? One time I came up here and I got wrecked and I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that I held it in. And I, I called Jordan and I was driving home and I felt so grieved. And it was a good word, you all got blessed, but it wasn't what he wanted me to say. And so I know it was a good word, but it's not what Jesus wanted me to say. And I felt grieved. And so I told him, if that ever happens again, I will yield to it. I promise you because you're worth it. You're worth it. We need more of that radical obedience. Like we need to obey him. 
That's his love language. His love language is obedience. And so when we have our own ideas and when we have our own ways that we think life is supposed to operate or what we're supposed to do in our family, it doesn't matter unless he says it. The only thing that matters is what he says. That's how you show him he's worthy of it all, is by obeying him. We can sing that song a thousand times, but if our life doesn't scream obedience, then that song means nothing. If, if I am not drinking the cup of suffering like he drank, and if I am not entering into a life of servanthood where everyone else is the priority, then I'm missing it. Jesus was never the priority of his own life. He lived to serve. He lived to love. Whatever the Father said, do you understand we read the Bible all the time. Like he, he went and he touched lepers. No one touched lepers. No one. But Jesus was. He did. Because why? He's being obedient. And I think like, right, we as a church, we want to see revival, don't we? The Bible says the kingdom of God is at hand. And so sometimes I think we can just pray and for some reason we, we silence the voice that says go lower. But the kingdom of God is at hand, it's here. Like the kingdom of God is here and we're wondering how we're gonna get revival. Literally the words of Jesus are filled with how we get revival. They're filled with how we get revival. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. We become servants like Jesus was servant. I am going to read this scripture and talk about it for a couple minutes. Is that okay? But essentially what we feel as a leadership, what we feel strongly is that as we are experiencing new graces from the pulpit and in church leadership, ultimately the call, the call in this season is that all of us are leaders in the kingdom of God. Our first and primary call as Christians is to be a leader within his kingdom. That is it, right? Like that my call to be a kingdom leader is above my call of, of being a vocational pastor. And there's an invitation though, and I, and I talked a little bit about this last week, that it's so easy, it's so easy in church to think that like only if you're a church leader are you a leader in the kingdom. It's like, no, we are all leaders in his kingdom. That's how the we're gonna see the kingdom of God invade earth, amen? amen? 
The kingdom of God is at hand, and honestly, we're just searching for it. And that's what we need to do. We need to actually learn the way of Jesus. Amen. Mark 10, 35 through 45. This is one of my favorite Bible stories of all time. It's so funny. (laughs) Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. (laughs) Oh, man. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the Ted had heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. (laughs) Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. James and John, that's probably the greatest definition in the Bible of self-promotion I've ever seen. Right? They go up to Jesus, who they think is going to be the ruler of Jerusalem, of, of, of uh, Israel. Right? They think he's going to be a political king. And they go, hey, buddy, we got a great idea. I heard you say, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be granted. Well, love to sit at your right hand and your left hand in your kingdom. Like, they wanted what? Relevance. They wanted power. They wanted to take control of their own life. And Jesus looks at him and goes, you have no idea what you are asking. You have no clue what you're asking. Not even the slightest clue of what you are asking. (laughs) And clearly Jesus is such a great guy that like those two would have the freedom to come up to him and ask that. If somebody came up and asked me, I'd be like, what? (laughs) You're crazy. Have you not been watching every single thing that I'm doing? I've told you like 10 times, I'm not going to overtake Jerusalem right away. They didn't listen. But the coolest thing about this is is Jesus says, you don't know what you ask, for can you drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? And they say we can, because they think that Jesus is just going to be this all-powerful dude, that he's drinking the cup of abundance, that he's drinking the cup of power. But what is the cup that Jesus drank? It is the cup of suffering. And it's baptized into death of ourselves. And what I love about Jesus is he doesn't rebuke them. 
right? He doesn't look at them and go, you dummies, you're not going to be leaders. Only if you knew what the cup of suffering was. <laughs> no, he goes, you will, you will drink it. They don't know what it means. But you will drink it. And you will be baptized in the baptism that I am baptized with. Although you think there's going to be this political kingdom, I'm really going to start a church. And James and John, although you're complete and utter knuckleheads right now, completely and utterly clearly have not listened to one word I've been saying for the last couple years. He says, you'll figure it out. Because just keep watching. Keep watching what I do. Keep watching how I act. Drink the cup. And then he just redefines what leadership looks like. He says, you know how all the Roman people exercise their authority by controlling and manipulating everyone? By using their authority to dominate people. Not so with you. You will be a servant. You will be a servant because I am God, the son of man. And not even I came here to be served. But I came to serve and be a, serve and give my life as a ransom for many. This is what kingdom leadership is. This is what we are invited into is being a people who at all costs give ourselves for love for the sake of love. Service isn't just doing things for people. You know, like, how many of you have heard a sermon on service before? Really? What churches have you guys been going to? <laughs> and it's not just doing things for people. Like the call of kingdom leadership is going to the most broken places, realizing that you are a son and daughter of the king of glory and that everything in all of creation is at your disposal because you are his son. Does that make sense? Read with me John 13 and then we'll be done. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Other translations say that he showed them the full extent of his love. How many of you want to know the full extent of his love? During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet 
and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. To show the full extent of Jesus' love, what did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. He could have changed everything in their life in a snap of a finger, but he washed their feet. But what does it say before that? It says that Jesus, knowing that he had come from God, served, washed the disciples' feet. And I felt this week, as the Lord was speaking to me, I felt so strongly, this is what the whole sermon's supposed to be on, but I'm gonna give you like two minutes. Serving as a son, knowing, or a daughter of God, knowing who you are, looks radically different than serving if you don't know who you are. If you don't know who you are, you will serve God in order to get something. If you don't know who you are, you will just use people. You will serve and call it service, but really you're probably just trying to attain something. But if you're a son, if you are a daughter, you realize there is always enough. And that the keys of heaven the keys to his kingdom. He has given it to you because he loves you. And when you are a son or a daughter of God, you are possessed, possessed with moving and your heart breaking for what breaks his heart. As a son or daughter of God's service is just overflow of who you are. And if it's hard for us to serve, if it's hard for us to lay down our life, if it's hard for us to step into that kind of lifestyle, I would suggest what we need more than anything is we need to know who we are. Because if we just knew who we were and whose we were, can you imagine the implications that would have on every conversation that you have? Can you imagine if you truly from the inside out believed that you were a child of God? Can you imagine how that would change the way that you speak? Can you imagine how that would change the way that you love and that you honor? Can you imagine? Like, and it wouldn't be hard because you would realize all of heaven's disposal is at your hand. Because so nothing feels radical anymore. Because you're part of a radical kingdom that is so unlike this world. Amen. And so we need to grow in understanding. I truly believe this. If there's one thing I believe God wants to do is I believe he wants to increase the revelation of what our identity is in Jesus. He, if we don't know who we are, we will wander. We will hurt people. We will use people. Our service will be impure. Our leadership will be impure. I see it in myself all the time. And God is saying, I need to teach you who you are, AJ. All of us. We need more revelation of who we are because his kingdom is so much different than our kingdom, you guys. It's such a different operating system. 
And if we think that transformation is going to take place by coming to Sundays and praying 20 minutes to an hour a day, we're delusional. We need an encounter with the face of God. We love his hands, but his hands don't change hearts. His face does. His face changes our lives. That's what we need. We need an encounter with the face of God. And what does that look like? It looks like waiting upon him. It looks like stepping into and engaging with a lifestyle of worship. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. If you want an encounter with the, with the face of God, start walking in radical gratitude and radical praise. It's not rocket science. It's just turning your gaze right, the right way. But you guys, when, we're getting, when we get disturbed and convicted, we need to actually engage with it and be obedient. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come up. That would be great. And the ministry team. And um, here's the deal. Jesus was the servant. He's the, the servant king. He washed the disciples' feet the night before he was murdered on the cross. And the thing that's so radical about Jesus is that he's still serving today. Jesus still chooses to serve you. He still chooses to serve me. He, he is the God of miracles. You know, like this is who he is. He is the God of miracles. And I just believe that God wants to show up tonight and that he wants to serve his bride, his face. I believe he wants to come in his manifest presence. And if, if there's just part in you is like enough is enough. I want to give myself completely to him. He will wash your feet tonight. He has made you white as snow. If you need a miracle in your life, step out. Get prayer. If you need a new job, if you need, if you need a, a miracle in your body, whatever you need, the king of glory, this is his house. He resides here. Don't let disappointment get in the way of a miracle. So can we turn off the lights and I'm just going to have the band play and we're just going to worship and, and you can stand right now. But if you need a miracle or you're just like enough is enough, the space is yours. Just the presence of God is here. And so just be with God. It may be three of us, but you know what? The Lord, flipped, Jesus flipped the world upside down with 12 people. What he can do with 12 people all in. People who know who they are. And so if you, if you need a miracle in any area of your life, I'm just going to ask you to stand. 
if you need to be healed of an eating disorder, if you need to be healed of sexual sin, if you need to be physically healed from, from cancer, whatever it is, mental disorder, I want you to stand up. I'm gonna challenge you to come up front and ask you to just come on up front and get prayer. Yeah. Yeah. He's worth it, just come on up. People are gonna pray for you. Just come and get on your knees, staff, and, and people are just gonna lay hands and pray for people tonight. The servant king is here, right here. Okay, and we got a word of knowledge that somebody who has right ear pain or deaf in their right ear, just come on up. And I also just wanna invite you to come up. If you have a, a part in you where you're like, I have secret sin in my life. I have secret sin in my life and I am done. I am all in. I'm so sick and tired of just being half, half in. If you wanna become, if you wanna go all in tonight, I just encourage you to come up, get on your knees and just come before the Lord because he is here. The King of glory is here. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, I just, just come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Hey. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I feel like for people who have experienced a lot of disappointment in your life, I just want to invite you up to just get filled with faith and filled with hope. worship team continually sing and worship and we're going to get in the presence of God but but you are dismissed to leave if you need to leave there's there's no pressure but we just want to respond to what God is doing so you are free to go at any point and the team's just going to worship and just be blessed today